Hello, and welcome, travelers, to the Ion Forge. I'm your forge master, Ian Mays. With me, as always, is my trusty blacksmith. Hi. Damien is in the house. Everyone, calm yourselves. We have a buddy. We do. We have a buddy in today's show. And before we introduce him, I just want to say that yesterday, during Path of the Hero, I thought I threw what was a good encounter at the party, wiped through it in like three rounds. If that. There was, there was more than that. There was not. I mean, the two quick rounds before that, before getting into initiative, that... You know, you think you're doing great as a storyteller, you know, dungeon master... And then you get the whole, oh man, I didn't kill people. No, I didn't want to kill people, but although I, I can say that I did have you guys spend resources for your next uh, next encounter. Which is great. That, that's fine. Sometimes that's better than even taking down your health. That'll come. Sure. But as, but as to uh, your earlier statement, we do have a friend with us today. Our first guest star on the podcast. You're a star. You are a star. Aw. Our good friend, Mr. Chris Rouch. Yeah! Yeah, contrary to uh, previous statements, my last name is Rouch, not R- for Rouch. See, I knew, and see, this is why I'm glad that I had you on the next episode, so we can just go, let's just clear the air now. Yeah, let's, let's get just out get, of Let's way. just go ahead and... Make sure that, like, weeks from now when I'm running Blades, it's not going to just come up and you're always, surprise you. You're always going to be my Chris Roche. <laughs> we'll even get you a little brown. Nice and tanned. Mm. All that chocolate. So, buddy, glad to have you on the show. Um, Pleasure to be here. Today is going to be a fun one. Um, we're going to talk about Blades, man. Blades in the dirt, my beautiful baby. Blades in the Dark. No, we are wrecking. If you, if you listen to the previous episode, this is one where where our our tone dropped a little bit because we, we had to get evil with it. I mean, it's a game where we actually get to be badasses. Yeah, unlike, Bad badasses. Unlike Path of the Hero, we're not playing heroes. We're playing scoundrels. What's a scoundrel? Well, you, play, you play the puppet master, really. You're like dance Yeah, I get to play all the other scoundrels. True. True. We are quickly making that easier for you. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. There's not that many now. Yeah, I gotta have to invest, invest in some whiteouts so I can mark off a couple of the factions, yep. add in some new ones. Yep. They said the wrong thing to the wrong people. Like Tyrconnell lived. Sorry, what? Yeah, just get into the campaign talk before we get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. He needed to die. It needed to be known. So, I have to apologize. I know it's hot in the studio, a.k.a. my garage. Or just California in general. Yeah. Like, it was nice and cool, like, the past, like, couple days. Like, yesterday wasn't all that cool, but, like, Thursday and Friday were actually... Nice. Yeah. It was pleasant outside. Yeah, it's always the days when we don't have plans. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Gaming outside? There's blistering heat. Sun doesn't go down until 7.30. Ah, maybe 8. Uh, at least it gets changed in a couple months. 
Yeah, I can't, can't freaking wait. Oh, I... shit. It's the most wonderful time of the year. D&D time? I mean, that's wonderful time of the week. Just the most wonderful, wonderful time, time of the year, I'm not going to lie, is probably Fall Back. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a reason why that uh, that song takes place on the opposite side of the year from the <laughs> summer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that I get an extra hour of sleep, and really it should just be how we're sleeping anyways, because daylight savings is bullshit. That's right, you heard it here. Forge Master thinks daylight savings is bullshit. If farmers think that daylight savings is bullshit... And they're the masters of the farm, masters of that time of the day. Only hot takes here on the um, um, Forge podcast. Yeah, because it's so fucking hot in here. <laughs> I mean, it's just stupid to think that if you take something off the front and put it on the back, it's longer. I just like that it's not, you know, still daylight at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, sitting here like... Kids, kids, like, hey, can I go outside and play? Yeah, sure, whatever. It's daylight outside. Look at the clock. It's fucking eight o'clock. No, <laughs> no, get ready for bed. What are you doing? Take a shower. You stink. But we are here to talk about blades. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, I like shooting shit. I do too. The shit always gets shot. Let's be honest. While we're talking about blades, we're gonna keep shooting the shit. Oh, so much, of course. That's how we get through our activities. That's what I feel happens with our gaming group a lot. It's like, alright, this is our objective for today. But we get so many other side objectives done done amongst the group. It's in some way pleasing, but also infuriating all at the same time. Uh, all these plans I made, they're gone because you guys had too much time. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. So shorter intro today because we're gonna we're gonna need we're gonna need some time to go through uh all through through this game, this system. This is this is a continuation of the games we play, the deep dive into Blades in the Dark. And you know, we figured what better person to bring on than, you know, storyteller Chris Rouch, our storyteller for the game, the game master, which is what it's called within Blades, right? I believe so, yeah. I believe it's the game master. Just the dude. The problem is, is those terms are so... Interchangeable. Intermingled that I don't... Well, I did I did already state that, you know, I like to call, you know, game master storytellers. Because yeah. I, I love the story aspect of it all. But that's just me personally. And how it is in this forge. <laughs> but are we ready to get into it? Yeah. Alright, tonight's episode of Getting Into Shit. Alright, well, uh, first, before I start giving too many of the details, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, It Me JP and his uh, roleplay series. That's where I first uh, heard about this system. Uh, it was uh, being a game ran by John Harper, who created the game. Uh, the game itself was published by Evil Hat Productions. Shout-out, Evil Hat. Yeah, they do some good work. It is a uh, D6 system where you get a pool of D6s and you roll them and you take the highest result. So you roll three D6, you get a six as your highest one. That's what you roll. It's a really easy system. 
really easy. It's I only need not, one type of diet. It's not so much crunchy like like a lot of the D like any D twenty system pretty much. Even other D six systems can get crunchy because like we were saying the Star Wars D six that ones where you roll an assortment of D6s and then you add all of them together. So it can get a little bit more crunchy, but it's a little more simple. It's just like, how many dice do I roll? Cool. What's the highest one? Five. Critical yeah. meh. Yeah, you don't have like modifiers, like plus ones or plus twos that you have to add. It's just whatever plus the dice three to hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, as far as the game itself, uh, starting with the setting, it uh, takes place in a world where a cataclysm shattered the sun and broke the gates of death. Supernatural entities wander and control most of the world. Cities are sparse and only exist within uh, heavy defenses set up to keep these entities out. The game itself takes place in a city called Duskwall, or as the original founders called it, Duskwall. There's an awesome quote in the book that I think encapsulates it pretty well. It says, You live in a haunted Victorian area city, trapped within a wall of lightning powered by demon blood. I mean, if that's not some of the most metal shit you ever heard, our metal heads that are listening right now should just be like thrashing their head. Just all I'm picking what? now is just fucking God. skulls and everything. Our city's powered by what? <laughs> you know, you know those wells that we go and get a uh, oil from. Yeah, no, those are demons. It's just their fucking vein. Tap, go. That's a different site for fracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, demon Baho. Oh, we got a, we got a cat attack earlier than usual. Speaking of demon buttholes, because we're talking about blades, we're talking about demons. They got to act up. Yeah, fucking cats. But uh, yeah, continuing with the setting, uh, if you if you've ever played the Dishonored or Thief franchise of video games, uh, it, it draws a lot of inspiration from that. It's a Victorian area society. The city is uh, cold and foggy, crowded crowded with row houses and twisting streets that are all crisscrossed with hundreds of little waterways and bridges. As far as technology goes, it's got uh, early era trains, steamboats, pin- printing presses, simple electrical technology like light bulbs that all run off of that demon blood previously mentioned. Dishonored. What a what a great setting to like to have a game in. Like that, like I remember playing I didn't play the second one, but the first one just that feel, the troopers like on like the long leg walkers. The uh, their their shit was powered by was the whale oil. Whale oil. So I mean, it's just you know change out the bright, the dull dull yet bright white glow, and change that with more of a brackish, brackish kind of uh, black. Uh, it's like right? a, it's like a ruddy light, like an old light bulb that's been hanging in a mm. room for too long. That's I mean, if you want to get technical, like. it's still crazy. whale oil. It's just these whales. Have a tendency to murder you. Yeah, and uh, luckily for Duskwall, they know how to refine it a little bit, so you're not getting straight Leviathan blood pumping through the the cables. But I, but I want it. <laughs> I want it all. I mean, you can always try building something. Just, to see what happens. Just a cha- chaotic ship ran on fucking unrefined demon blood. <laughs> That's Chips? yeah. I was just talking about me. That would be interesting. I mean, that it would probably kill you. That depends on how far along my plan I am. Yeah, you know, uh, what was it, Charlie Sheen on Tiger Blood? Yeah. I drink Leviathan blood. blood. <laughs> I drink Leviathan's blood. It just depends on how far along on my plan I am, alright? Sometimes it'll be, sometimes it's good, sometimes maybe shit. So, it's the, 
So the setting that most stories take place is, is Dustfall, but there are there are other islands, right? Because this whole place oh, yes. this whole place is called the uh, Shatter Isles, correct? No? Yes. The Shattered Isles. Oh, that's Dagger Isles. Yeah, that's Dagger, Dagger Isles. Isles for. Uh... But yeah, no the uh, the collection of uh, islands that you can draw from in this uh, game is called the Shattered Isles. That's broken up into main main groups. There is uh, Scovlin, which is the uh, original home of the Scovlanders. Yeah, yeah. Let's say we've got a couple of those in the crew. Uh, you could think like Viking, Norse, you know, Norwegian style uh, culture. Big summer blowout. Pale skin or fair skin and uh, blonde white hair. Yeah, maybe red yeah. if you're yeah, feeling fiery. Red. Yeah, fiery or if, fiery Scovlander. Or if you're picking one of the crazy ones, just black. Because it makes him stand out. It does. Mm-hmm. Look at me while I kill you. Okay, I got the I got the cheat sheet, but let's see if let's see if you could name the other isles. So you got Scovlin. Ooh, uh, it's a test. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah we've got Scovlin. Like we've got the Dagger Isles. Dagger Isles. Which uh, is like a Caribbean sort of... Uh, Sort of a yeah, like Polynesians. Whenever you describe it, I have no idea the first. I have no idea why the first thing that I go to is Final Fantasy X. Waka. Yeah, yeah, straight up. How do you think Blur talks to people? (laughs) But Lady Yuna, they use the forbidden machina. (laughs) (laughs) It is one thing I want to get uh, really better at is my accents because I keep trying to play Blur, but I. I always forget to slip into that Polynesian accent. I mean, you heard me yesterday trying to do an Australian. Horrible. I can do an English accent. You can do a New Zealand accent. Can't do an Australian accent for some fucking reason. It blended out. Just like you said, I started I started going like almost New Yorker. I don't know why. Full Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, because that, that's easy for me. I can, do, I can do a New York accent. Never been to New York. But I feel like I could do it. But it's iconic accent. enough. I'm going to get called out by anybody from New York who's like, oh, he thinks he can, huh? <laughs> what you mean you just copied Joe Pesci? <laughs> yeah, let's just go ahead and uh, anger him now. And I'm, What are you talking about? We're talking here. Okay, so so far that's uh, that's two that's two correct. we got Scovelin and the Dagger Isles. All right, then we have Eruvia. Yes. Uh, home of the Eruvians. Home of the Mirage. Home of the Mirage. Yes, it, I think like... Um, Persian, Turkish, sort of Middle Eastern. Arabia. Arabia. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. Oh, if you don't think I got him a shimitar made of doom. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody within our, uh, why do I want to say club? Crew. Crew, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Everyone in our crew, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Has special items? For death. I mean, yeah, but I didn't give them all. That's why I said specifically I gave him a death weapon. Gotcha. Gotcha. So far I've gotten him, the other Scovelander. We'll get into him later. Actually, I think that's it. Yeah, which a lot of people uh, a lot of people from the crew uh, ended up learning some Aruvian styles. Yeah. Couple yeah, there's people. the Red Sashes. Yeah. Yeah, which now we're good with. Before we weren't. We wanted to be good with the lamp blacks because of copper, but then he got overruled by everybody else wanting the badass styles from the red sashes. I think he got overruled by what happened to the lamp blacks. That too. Well, I mean, that came after. Yeah, I will never penalize a player for missing a session, but if the crew wants to go a different way and they're not there to speak out against it, that's what happens. That is what happens. Um, so, okay, that's that's three. Okay. Three, uh, three of the uh, six. 
Then there are the Severosi, or yes. the Severos. Yep, yep. Um, oh, these are the ones you were talking to me about before we uh, got on air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so underutilized. Uh, they are nomadic horse tribes. So oh, things like ghost eaters? Mongolian. Yes. Yeah. Mongolians, Native Americans, like uh, those sort of nomadic horse people. Mm-hmm. I think um, we actually have one of every race, or uh, we island. Have, we don't have a Severosi. No, you don't have a Severosi. There is a there is a cohort that is a Severosi. I mean... But yeah, there. Oh, we, yeah. we don't have. You sure? Players. Doesn't count. Blur counted, right? No. Oh. Uh, He's a cohort. Doesn't count. That's cool. Nobody cares about Duskfall. Or any that's, of their stuff. That, that's your own opinion. No. Technically, my character doesn't care about Duskfall. Yeah, but see, the cohorts that do all the good shit should definitely count. Technically, we actually have. They count for a small percentage, a fraction, if you will. Uh huh. Says the guy who's going to probably end up using a bunch of cohorts to do his magical shit. Actually, haven't even got out. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised. How I, stop getting me to talk about character shit. Yeah, we're not there yet. I'm not going to interrupt you because it is dare your you form, try and, But try and lull me into a false sense of security and talk about my favorite things. One second. What does my character do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue with the naming of the places before I get well, no. forget which ones I've already said. Well, no, because we were talking about the Severosi. And so they're like the Mongolian Mongolian type of uh, nomadic horse tribes, and you know I, I'd love to make a, a Khan type character, but you you were telling me how they deal with uh, uh, the supernatural out in the wastelands. Yes, because uh, I forgot to mention this for the previous ones, but each of the different cultures, some of them have unique ways of dealing with uh, these arcane supernatural threats. Uh, the Aruvias, which previously mentioned, the Aruvians, uh, their cities aren't surrounded by a lightning barrier that keeps out the spirits. What they have are they have giant bonfires interspersed with that throughout their city that if a uh, supernatural entity gets too close to, it'll like be vacuumed up into the flames and destroyed. Hmm. So they don't. It's try a to... bug zapper for ghosts. Basically, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Fucking Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the I need to get Mirage and I unpack the Severos. Uh, the way that they handle these supernatural threats is they don't—they're nomadic. They don't have time to set up defenses, so they've learned to use long silver spears to fight the supernatural threats. And rumor has it, ride horses that eat ghosts and other supernatural threats. So they go around stabbing these things and letting the horses eat them. See what I'm saying about this being such a metal setting? Just, just out of curiosity, bro. I killed a ghost and then my horse ate it. That's so fucking uh, metal. Say, does um, Shade miss her horse? Do I need to go buy her horse? Uh, yes, but it's also hard to keep a horse in Duskwall. There's not a lot of stables. Probably look all sickly and shit. I will fucking build one. I Me- mean, it is mechano horse. I mean, Mirage can do spark crap. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing arcane. Cause yeah, one thing to remember is in Duskwall, most of the food y'all are eating are like canned eels, and it's very industrial. Never never let Buddy know that. A <laughs> oh, fucker will get so mad. But uh, my uncle. So is that the Severosi done? No, Do no I... that, that's that is Severosi. Yeah, I just yeah. I wanted because I remember you telling me that before we got on air, <laughs> and I was like, that's one of the most fucking metal things I've ever heard. I'm going to stab you with my silver spear, and then my horse is going to eat your corpse. Yeah. That's that's why I picked that for a shade. That's amazing. 
amazing. Okay, so that's four of the six. And then uh, I want to save the I want to save the most interesting one for last. So I'll go with Akeros. Okay. Which is the main home of the Imperium? It's or the Empire. Uh, it's where the immortal Emperor rules from. It is where Duskwall is located on the northern coast of Akaros. Man, he's even getting the geography right, y'all. I got a map here, and he just nailed it. Listen, I, I don't just say the amount of times he's had to look at that map. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say whenever I'm planning for things, I put all that out in front of me and then I try to think of things. Most of the times I don't look at the world map, but it's there. I see it. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love for our characters to travel to some of these other places. I've made plans. <laughs> it is certainly within your capability, but to do that, you'd have to cross the thing that's separating all these islands, the Void Sea. A uh, ink black ocean where looking up into the sky. Uh, with the sun sh- shattered and uh, the calamity that happened, you look up and you don't see stars, you don't see the moon, you don't see the sun. But when you look down into the void sea and you look far enough, you think you see stars. You think you see constellations in the water. Until they move. Until you see something move. The, see, and I was saying before that... Looking at the map of this, there's rail lines that connect them all, and and the, but there are rails that go over ex, like expansive parts of the water, and I that would just like just a rail, just yeah, I'm on a train over this dark ass maybe water. Yeah. <laughs> just throw a line out, man. Get you some fish. You'll be all right. Absolutely not. Get the angler from hell. Delicious. The last thing you want to do is stick a metal pole outside of one of these trains. Because those are, those are uh, trains that have a lightning barrier around them to try to keep supernatural stuff away from them. So you stick a pole out that window, you're going to get electrocuted. Yeah. It's alright. I'll, I'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Wear rubber gloves. I'm good. So you yeah, Akaros is, is where Dustfall is. So And Dustfall is where most, campa- most, most campaigns that I've seen... With, that run this system are, are in Dustfall. Uh, are there other like settings for the other places, or is it mostly like the storyteller has to? Uh, what was I saying? Campaigns. Are there other uh, settings? Yeah. Are, are there other settings for the other uh, islands? So- there, there are uh, in the book. Dustfall is the only one that is uh, defined mm-hmm. and has pre-established sort of groups and stuff. There are little whore or lore hints that you can that you can build off of, but a lot of it is going to be homebrewed or homemade. There's uh, a lot of community-driven stuff. See, like, and I, see, and I don't mind that. I don't mind getting in the minds of other psychopaths and having them be like, "Yeah, this is what it is." Oh, you haven't seen Canon. All the, you haven't seen all the books on my phone for all of the other settings. Yeah, I believe there was a. Well, yeah, Scovlin. you were telling me that there's a Scovlin one, right? Scovlin and Eruvian okay. yeah. that I that I found that uh, had interesting enough playbooks to be useful. Nice. <laughs> I mean, you you do remember that uh, Obscure has two of his veterans are from other playbooks that are essentially homebrew, and but I like I love them. them. I love it so much. But it's enough that you can actually make a story for it. Plus, when you have stuff like Scoblin, you already have me and Tree introducing a crap load of lore. Because as long as it's not outlandish, Chris ain't going to stop us. I like that also, that you know, if you had a good enough storyteller, then 
you know, they're willing to work with you as far as, you know, you help me build the lore for this. You know, if you want to be this person, you know, tell me a little bit about what you may have experienced and that I could maybe build on that and build more lore for these people. I feel like if we actually end up going to Scovelab, <laughs> it's going to be me, Chris, and Tree sitting down to build actual Scovelab. It's going oh, yeah, to be no, I, don't know. I, pic- I picture everybody lives in yurts. I definitely be in contact with you because that's one of the things I like about the game is it's maybe. <laughs> the oh, low- sorry, man, I heard yurt and I was like, why? <laughs> no, I would say yeah. I've got you. money. <laughs> I understand the distracting nature of yurts. Yeah, yurt, yurt. Uh, but uh, there's at least a yak running around. Definitely would reach out because that's what I like about this game is it's a lot of communication between the person running it and the players. Like, there's not a lot of a lot of the characters. It's two or three words that describe them, and that's it. Now, right there, that's that's the biggest thing with any kind of tabletop is communication. There you go, everybody. That's the secret to tabletop RPG: communication. Speaking of communication, uh, Akaros, I didn't finish talking about that yet. Oh, culture-wise, we get more lore. More think lore. like Western Europe. So think like France, England, uh, German. Yeah, you can get some Germans in there. Uh, if you want to, you can get some Spanish in there. What? My character Finch is Akarosi. He's more along the English. Yeah. English is it route. is it bad? I can only picture that one that that uh, NPC you really want to go after as a Spanish one now. Elsker. <laughs> Elsker. <laughs> yeah. Just full dude, fucking Matador, baby. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Please, you do, please do this for me. As a Spaniard, that would be almost beautiful. That, that would make so much Spaniard. sense. Like, think when, about the smoothness of his conversation. And when he starts to actually do things, I have a reason for him to curl his mustache. I'm <laughs> <laughs> dealing with Waluigi now. Yes! Oh, that's amazing. I'm never going to not picture that. So I believe that's five out of six. That is five out of six. I was going to say, was there anything else with Akaros? Um. Just the main seat of the Empire. Uh, there was a recent uh, war between Scovlin and Akaros because the Scovlin... The war is not over. Yeah. To some, it's not. It re- recently, uh, recently called to a truce, a uh, agreement. I didn't sign it. That is true. Between, uh, between two of them, it was called the Unity War. It's the last major historical event that's happened before the game begins. As far as the timeline's concerned. Okay. It's always funny, though, because having a game like this where you're essentially bad guys, having that underlying thing of, I hate this fucking place, but I need to be here to survive, I'm going to burn it down, then I'll figure out how to survive. And it's perfectly acceptable. It's fucking amazing. It's a, always a fun change when you're just like, okay, we got to be heroes. I'm going to punch this demon in the dick. <laughs> Two, I'm going to fucking cut his tongue out. Why? Because he said that couldn't. He gets to die now. Hammer! <laughs> I like when a game like this, because, you know, there's there's a lot of tabletops that is just like a loose setting. But with, a, with, a, with one like this, where there's at least just enough tidbits to throw in, then a good storyteller should be able to take from those little bit of story points and be able to expound upon other cultures or other political happenings that are going on within the world. Like... I understand you give me a game to play in an enchanted forest, but if I'm essentially having to build everything myself and I have no other lore to build off of other than I'm making it an enchanted forest, then I can just make something myself. 
I don't need to go off of your game. I feel like that was an attack. It's not an attack. It's it's more like if you're if you're a game developer, make there at least be something, even even if it's like a brief history, one page brief history on the lore of this game of this world. I mean, if you want to get technical for that Enchanted Forest one I was doing, it's essentially the fucking Feywild. Oh, I see why you thought it was an attack. Yeah, oh. I mentioned Enchanted Forest. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I haven't even, I haven't even jumped in that one. Yeah, but those are very specific words, and I'm sitting there going, "Go fuck yourself." Enchanted. I'm talking about more, more of like the small one shot yeah. kind of uh, games. Which, yeah, it'd be like, okay, it takes place in a forested island. You all like meet the, in a bar, which I'm for. I, it's just like I said, I. I like to have at least a little bit more lore to expound upon. Well, yeah, see, that's why it's always good when you got DMs who take whatever lore they get and then roll with it to the point where that they have their whole working world in the background while you're doing whatever the hell you do. Mm-hmm. Like Goblin Slayer. Like, all right, cool, you want to go into this tunnel. We've established the lore on a lot of other crap. We're going to keep going into that tunnel. That other crap's still happening. Oh, yeah. By the time you get done... You have no idea what's going down. No. Yeah, it's a great great thing with the clocks in this game. While you guys are doing your thing, every downtime I'm rolling clocks. See what happens. Yep. Oh, I get we'll, get, we'll, we'll get the clocks, we'll, though, we, when we'll we get, get to yeah, we'll, we'll you get got, the you got, you got one more. I got one more. One more aisle. Let's see if I can round it out strong. The last one. Tykeros. Yeah, go ahead. Try to find it on the map. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good luck. There, there, there's, there's the name Tycharos, and then an arrow. And an arrow. Points. It's somewhere up north. It's Some, somewhere it's, up there. It's somewhere like this way. Am I? Wait, no, you said Daggeros. Yeah, no, no, I said Daggeros. There's like, there is, there is like a, there's like a small train track. It looks like it's not as big as the other one, or prominent as the other ones. Yeah, because it's, it's far as stuff. It's not as big. And I'm picturing like an old rickety fucking like, like mine shaft, like it's uh, fucking rails. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Some motherfuckers just like. Sitting there pumping on one of those, uh, what, what's the... Uh, hand cart? Yeah, hand yeah, cart. Yeah, hand cart. From like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. Oh, I see a Macau sitting yes. on a moon. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes Tycharos is, is six. That's six out of six. Good job. If I was better at editing, I would be like, ding, 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 and put in like great sound effects. But no, I, I hear them in my good. heart. I'm good. Okay. I don't need it. Theater of the mind. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, yeah, Tykeros, it is a semi-mythical island, uh, very, very vaguely described, like that's basically the majority of what you get, is it's a semi-mythical island where those who go are believed to be cursed, and uh, so anybody that does go does so rarely and usually with a lot of protection against curses or uh, lingering maladies, but uh, that is also where the Tykerosi are from. Which, uh... Meh. The, don't meh. How dare you. Because I don't have one. The crew has one. Yeah, let's say the crew has two. They have two, but three. I don't have one. Sorry, three. Oh, that's right, we have three. We have three. But I don't have one. What What makes the Tykerosi so unique, and doesn't really help the whole Cursed Island interpretation of their homeland, is they have demonic tells. They look like tieflings. They look like tieflings, but... Most tieflings will have, like, a tail and horns. Tycharos, you can have a wide variety of traits. Like, instead of hair, you have feathers. Fuck instead fuck of regular fuck. teeth, you have shark teeth. Like, large, prominent shark teeth. Or your your entire eye is a black pool instead of normal pupil and iris. It's just a black pool. Keep describing. I need ideas for the new cohort. Yeah. I'd say, sometimes they'll have, like, 
vestigial wings that can unfurl and but aren't quite strong enough to actually give them power of flight. I was going to ask too, could they fly? Because that would have been great. Yet. I'm working on it. There are ways to make that happen, but... Um, Ghost peppers. So, yeah, that doesn't really help the whole your island is cursed and anybody who goes there is going to come back cursed when uh, you when look it like... Happens. When you look like you're part demon. Yeah. Which does lead to a lot of... How does that, how does that feel for you? You being a demon and all? They wish. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, these demon-touched individuals uh, face a lot of persecution in Duskwall. Man, this goes online. You can't just say demon-touched. I didn't do shit. <laughs> whenever I'm going to try to crucify me and shit. I'd say whenever I use these words, I'm using them in this in the context of the game. Uh, it's okay, man. I'm sure there's no Karens listening to this. If there are, hi, Karen. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> uh... But yeah, that's one of the more interesting things about being a Shikar OC is when you build one, you have to pick a demonic tell. It has to be something that, unless you are obviously trying to hide it or go out of your way to hide it, is uh, is obvious to the part or the uh, observer. I feel like most people pick. I feel like most people end up picking like horns and stuff because it makes you look demonic. Mm-hmm. The whole th- fact that you can look like a fucking Kenku is fucking amazing. Like, you could just straight up look like a damn peacock monster and... Yeah, that's a Taikorosi. Like, are you fucking kidding me? There's nothing human about that except for the fact he's got two arms and two legs. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... It is... It is interesting to see what people decide to go with. Because a lot of people are familiar with D&D. So they come in and they hear them and the easiest description to give them if they're coming Demon in from blooded. D&D is tiefling. Yeah. So a lot of them think horns, tail. Uh, the, the cohort that's been running through my mind now for getting a Tycharosi looks nothing like a damn demon. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. It looks nothing like a tiefling. Tiefling. I was going to say, it's got to have some traits. Oh, it's going to have demonic traits. It's just not going to look like a dude with horns. I just keep thinking of something like super fucked up, man. Yeah. Like, I love the shark teeth. I like having feathers instead of hair. I was thinking like spikes, gills. Blacked out eyes. Thinking more like, actually, no, no feathers. Elongated nose. Quills. Quills for hair instead. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like my whole thing now is because the way my character is going, he would probably try to hire a Tykerosi that fits his current needs. I'd make him punk rock. Quills and a line down the center of the head. Hell yeah. Fight the power. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not going to try and do a cockney right now. No? No, okay. We're not doing that right now. We've already established accents. It's something we're working on. I mean, I'm proud of the accents that I do well. That makes one of us. (laughs) I I, I do a lot of... You just got to feel that you do do it well, man. There's been a lot of moments where some people do accents well, like Tree doing the, the... It was starting as a... As a Swedish accent, but we couldn't drop our voices and keep the accent the same. It just turned into a fucking Transylvanian. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we were doing the whole, all right, cool, let's go with, hi, big summer blowout. And then we tried to drop our voices, and all of a sudden we started sounding like fucking Dracula. But that's my whole thing is half the time when I lose an accent, I got to hear someone say it because it's kind of like a Filipino trait. Oh, I can mimic the dog shit out of this. I might as well be a 
friggin' Kenku. Which I've tried videos of like how to you how to uh, use a Italian accent or how to develop an Italian accent for one of my characters in another game. I love that he says Italian. Italian probably says Arab too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but with those, I can't even look listen to those videos of the how to speak. I just gotta hear them talk. It's like mm. I'd rather just hear the conversation. And then I can mimic that. I can't... If I'm listening to you teach me how to do it, there's so many different inflections and all the time. It's like, it's not natural anymore. Yeah. Jungle bunnies, man. We have our own special rules. <laughs> so moving on, just yeah, moving just, on. just quickly to go over uh, Duskwall. The, the, it's a city that is separated by like canals and waterways, and it's separated into districts. And there are... A few. There are twelve districts, and I'm gonna see if uh, if my buddy here can get all twelve. <laughs> okay. He barely gets them when he's looking at it. I can. I, I will we're try. Gonna see, we're gonna see how well he does, and see if he can get the bonus point uh, for, bonus point district for the one on top. So, all right. So, okay, I will. I will try to hit all twelve of them, but I don't. I don't think we should go into too much detail because that is no. twelve things. No, we don't have to detail. go into detail. We, I mean, there's one place we might go into detail on, but that's about it. Okay, let's see if I can start from the north. Maybe that'll help me remind it. Do it. White Crown. Yes. Brightstone. Uh, yes. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a weird jump here. Six Towers. That's not too weird. Okay, that's not too weird. No. Night Market is below that. Okay. Charter Hall. Uh, yep. Char Hollow. To the south of Crowsfoot. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, also Crowsfoot. Crowsfoot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's Silk Shore. Uh-huh. Then there's Barrowcleft. Yeah. I want to go there. But and proceed. there's the Docks. Yeah. That was the one that I jumped over. Yeah, there's... The, and then there's... Are we including no, the Lost District that, in the 12? That's... that's no. Yeah, that's... the uh, Lost District was the bonus point. Ah, okay. So that's not one of the 12. So I've got two more to go Yes, through. you do. Actually, you have three technically. Because no. hell's that? No, that's something else. Ooh, which ones am I forgetting? Ones that we haven't really gone to. Ones that I feel like we're going to go to because that looks. As soon very... as you say that, I'm going to be so mad at myself. For mm-hmm. not Probably right because. So you want a hint? Do you want one of them? Sure. Hold on, wait. Do you want one of them or do you want a hint? Give me a hint. Forge is going to really love going here just based off the name alone. Oh, uh, I already said Char Hollow. Because of think of a miner, Coleridge. There you go. There we go. There, I feel like 11. he's gonna love that place. There's eleven. There's eleven. So the last one. Ooh, I might just have to. Which have one you using? So um. the last one. Here's a hint. It has Iron Hook Prison. I thought that was Dun. Is it Dunslow? There you go. There we go. I thought I said Dunslow. Did not, I did not hear Dunslow. <laughs> no, you didn't. You did not say that. Okay, we I apologize. Out. Also, now I got to ask though, what the hell is in Barrowcleft? Barrowcleft. It's a lot of farms and stuff. If I remember correctly, it's uh, farming communities. Uh, very tight knit community. Oh god damn it! Um, they take care of each other out there because unlike in the rest of the city, it's not as heavily populated. Because mm. they gotta, they gotta make room for farms and all that. So energy farms. And so we'll go into more in, energy in, farms and what now? Yeah, yeah. It's have, amazing what you. It's amazing what you uh, find when you look at the map. 
I didn't care about this until like three <laughs> sessions ago. Dude, they got Eulery's. You know what nice. uh what one of the assassin upgrades is? What? Uh eel pit? Yeah. Yeah, I want one. Let's you get rid of bodies. Yeah. That's Never awesome. trust a man who owns an eel farm. Or pig farm. That's yeah, awesome. That was the reference I was going for. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But we'll, we'll we'll probably go into and see. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Matt, sorry, I, I got excited about Eulery's. Um, but we'll get more into Crow's Foot and the Lost District because those are definitely going to come up when we get into. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to the campaign. <laughs> Excuse me. But, but with, with that out of the way, I think that basically covers the setting, right? Is there anything else? Setting, I think that except for the Deathland, the Deathlands, and. The rail station. I would love to cover the Deathlands, but the problem is anywhere that's not in Duskwall, as far as the game takes place, is in the Deathlands. So it would just basically be rest of the world that's not another city in another island. So another like, part of the world. like Old North Port? Yeah, that's outside in the Deathlands. It's also in the south, which is... Okay. Yeah. I feel like I want to go there. Like, we need we need to go there. You want to know what's called Old, old North Port? Because it used to be the north part of the city? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go just based off of context here. Because this used to be a uh, coal mining. <laughs> bless you. Oh, bless bless coal mining colony. Set up by the Scoblinders. Oh, yeah. And that used to be the North Port. So, so, I like it. I like it a lot. So we've got our setting. We've got our location. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the players that inhabit this world. Yes, when you uh, when a player joins Blades in the Dark game... Instead of picking a class, they choose a playbook that defines what type of or yeah, what type of actions and special abilities and stuff that they are gonna wanna primarily focus on. You're gonna be put, building a scoundrel that lives inside of this this city that the story takes place in. The playbooks are divided into uh, different uh, different categories. There's the cutters. Which are kind of the intimidating fighters. Think like fighters or barbarians. They have abilities that make them perform feats of near superhuman strength. Or fight a gang on even footing. Or something like or that. Or what was it? Punch a ghost in the face? Ghost fighter. Yeah. It lets you, uh, your fists and any weapons you put in your hands. Or melee weapons you put in your hands can affect ghosts. Then there's the hounds. Which are trackers and sharpshooters. We have two of those. We do. Oh, we also have a cutter. So since we're going to name them all off like that, gotta we give, do have a cutter. We gotta yeah. give credit. We do have a cutter. We do have a cutter. Gotta give credit to Hammer. Then there's leeches, which are saboteurs and alchemists. We had one of those, but I mean, technically, we still kind of have one. But I mean, it's a, I'm a only, I, I only, I only have one part of the leech playbook. Well, sort of she, but she also makes a lot of weird shit. Yeah. But yes, uh, one beautiful thing about Blades in the Dark is you can have players that have to miss for several sessions in a row, and the game is perfectly designed to drop in, drop out as you're available. Yep. The only thing that sucks is you're missing out on some XP, but that doesn't really change a lot. But then you also don't have to use downtimes to recover and relieve stress and all that, so there's a trade-off there. There is a trade-off. Next playbook is The Lurk, 
Which, which I'm like, sorry, did we did we go over what the leech does? That's what he was doing. Uh, saboteurs and, uh, and alchemists poison, and alchemists, stuff like that. Yeah, poison. Okay, uh, I, I physicers. Can't, I can't remember if you if you said if you had said or not what their yeah, responsibility was within the crew. Yeah, that's why we were talking about because uh, Shade has an alchemy ability. Yeah, Vinch does as well. But yes, yeah, so next was the Lurks, which is your sort of thieves, your rogues, your uh, stealthy operators. I believe we have one of those. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't that Mirage? No, that's not Mirage. That is Mirage. That is that Mirage? Yeah, that's why yeah you, last... Uh, that's why you can see That's right, because he took... Because Daredevil, that's in... Uh, Daredevil is a Lurk ability. It is a Lurk ability. I believe okay. so. Okay, okay. Um, but yes, there was talk about it last, uh, last episode. Sneaky, sneaky, stabby, stabby. Mirage is indeed a Lurk. There's some confusion about what playbook he was. Yeah. Um, next are slides, which somebody here should be familiar with. Oh, the slides are awesome. Are con men and manipulators. That's your perspective. The talkie guy. <laughs> the talkie guys. They're the ones that, when the guards run up and ask where the people are that they're looking for, can point down the street and be like, they went that way, sir. While they're all standing behind me. And try to get away with that. We have a couple of those. I like I like the fact that as a slide, it's not just I'm gonna talk to the guards and see how I can deal with this. You're literally manipulating the situation and every aspect, and you can actually manipulate it far. Yeah, like you're a ghost contract. Ghost contract. The fact that I'm talking to a demon. I've got information I shouldn't have. <laughs> The next playbook are spiders, which are none of our well-connected masterminds. They do. They have a lot of their abilities have to do with the downtime in between scores, being able to set up, set up uh, extra downtime actions or getting a free help action during the score. Which most of us have taken. Um, but yeah. we forgot to we forgot to shout out uh, one of our new our new slide. Yeah, Mama Roush. Yeah. My, uh, my mom decided to join the game not that long ago, and uh, she she built a slide. She did, and she's got a slide that's learning to manipulate, just based off of her age and how much she's actually putting into it. She's playing a younger character, and our cutter is literally just what he does. Tree plays a damn good wrecker. For a guy who plays all casters when we play D&D and anything else, him going, I'm going to wreck shit, and doing it effectively. It's amazing. But, sorry, I wanted to make sure we shouted out your mom. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And while we're on shoutouts, we do, in fact, have a spider. We do. We do. We And we spoke about this when we talked about this on last episode on the overview. Who the hell's a spider? See, Our, your, see, your see, good you, friend, you, Uncle Ted. You forget about him every time until he comes back around. Fucking Uncle Ted. Who the fuck is Uncle Ted? No one. You mean that one fucking weird guy? Everyone has an Uncle Ted. Everyone has an Uncle Ted. You we're, remember Uncle Ted? We're, we're on to you, Ryan. It's the same Uncle Ted every every game. It's just the same dude. Not even changing his name. Just lazily. It's not lazy. That's his name. His name is Uncle Ted. First or last? His last name is Ted. That's a question for Uncle Ted to answer. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and then the last playbook are the Whispers. We, Hello. Need, we need some of those. 
Need them? You already have a couple of them. We need all of them. They're the um, arcanists, the ones that can reach into the ghost field and manipulate the supernatural phenomena that exist in the world. They're actually Ghostbusters. We're the spooky spookies. Yeah, they, they're interesting because, well, most of the other uh, playbooks tend to focus on blades or guns or stealth. These ones are the ones that go, you know all that weird stuff that nearly destroyed the world? We're just going to go ahead and pull no strings and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you've got Don playing Nyx, who is uh, one of our Taikorosi. Did we mention our hounds? I'm like thinking back. Names? No, oh, no, no. I've been skipping did. over. I've been skipping over a little bit of names because I didn't want to. I figured we'd we get, get to that in the campaign. We will get to that in the campaign. But there's a couple of them that had to be shouted out just to let them know that we do, in fact, have members. Yes. But uh, what's interesting about these playbooks, which I really like, is it's not as restrictive as, say, a class would be in another game. Yeah. Because it begins with points in certain actions, like. Slides having points into consort and sway, which are the social manipulation ones. But anyone can try any action. Like, say in D&D, if you're a fighter, you can't really try to dispel magic. It's not something within your realm of possibility. Most fighters. Most fighters. But, in this, all the actions are available to any playbook. So, if you were a cutter and you wanted to try to attune to the ghost field... You totally can. You're just not going to do it very effectively. Just whispers who would be better at that also have special abilities that can give them advantages to that. But anybody can do whatever they want. You do. And then if you look at these character sheets, which I don't know if you have one one to pull out, but like you were saying with like Consort or Sway, there um, there are what is it? Your attribute? Well, your resistances are based off like the grouping. But then within those groupings, there's abilities or attributes. How are they ca- uh, classified? There are actions, which are like hunt, skirmish, Okay, so those are okay, actions. And then attributes are the the groupings that they're in. So resolve, insight, prowess yes. are the three. And those generate different die pool or dice pools, depending on what you're trying to do. Because there's action rules that care about your dots and your actions. So if you have three dots in a tune, you would roll three d6s for that action roll. Mm-hmm. There are resistance rolls, where if you roll a consequence on that action, you would roll a resistance roll to try to resist that consequence. And what that is, is you look at the attribute that that action is under, and for each number of skills or actions under there that have at least one dot in them, you get that many dice. So if you were to look under, if if you have the character sheet in front of you, let's say I, I don't, but I, I know I know. So like say, well, let's go ahead and put Finch in this situation, okay. and he just made an attune roll. Well, something went wrong, not likely, but something went wrong, <laughs> and and now he's got to he's going to try and resist the consequences that are happening. Now there are four actions in the resolve attribute, which is where it's, where a tune is. Finch is Finch has at least one dot in. Every action, I believe. So his resistance for that would be four dice to roll. Yeah, but let's say he was missing one of those actions. He just didn't have a dot in any one of those actions. Then you would be rolling three. Yes. So it's it makes an interesting build when you're building your character because you want more points in the things that you want to roll more dice for. So if you want to be really good at a tune, you want a lot of dots in a tune. But it's also a good idea to spread out your points among that category 
So you may have less die to roll or dice to roll with the tune, mm. but if you roll a consequence, you'll have more dice to resist the consequence. Okay. That's and so, and, and then with each of these playbooks, also, I'm sorry, were you guys? Well, that's kind of how I built Obscure. His whole thing is he can sway the hell out of anybody, and if there is a resistance, he's got four dots in all three resistance pools. Does he? Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking on speaking on building, so each playbook they start with dots in certain certain aspects, correct? Yes. So, like for I'm mean, like I'm just going off whisper because that's what I know. I know they start off with two dots in a tune, and then one dot in command. I thought it was tinker. I don't think it's. I think it's survey. It's survey. survey? No. Survey or study. 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 Yeah. So. So that's two. That's that, that's essentially one for resolve, and then one for uh, insight. Because okay, so let's let's actually break down each ability, each attribute, and the actions within that. Um, so you're looking at this character sheet, and you see first off would be uh, your insight, which with insight comes great responsibility. Uh, <laughs> comes uh, study, survey, tinker, and. Not hunt. It's uh. Let me just grab a sheet for it. Yeah, grab a grab a sheet because I'm gonna be mad that I don't know this uh, off the top. Of there my are head. insight, prowess, and resolve. Mm-hmm. Starting with insight, insight covers hunt, study, survey, and tinker. It was it was hunt. I was right. So and what that is is like uh like copper who uh, played by Josh. Um, he uh, he's a he's one of our hounds. So a lot of times what he does is he tries to set up ambushes or he tries to snipe people, so he finds a way to use his hunt ability uh, with that. Same with uh, Ace whenever he's trying to track somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, because we all got to deal with our own special XP triggers, which yeah, each, like we'll get that. Sur- sur- survey is like your perception check, essentially. Yes. yes. Study is your investigation. Yes, that would be a good um, Also, like history. <laughs> Yeah, it's covered by history as well. Would be studying then tinker. That's when you're making shit, Mm -hmm. whether that be alchemical, arcane, sparkcraft, or what? Or altering, or altering, or also can be used for lockpicking. Yeah, which can be altering. It can. Oh, that's actually. The guys Finch can lockpick. Yeah, (laughs) if you go by the uh, the book that's been written, that's the appropriate action to roll for tinker. Yeah, but you can also allow finesse. Because you're finessing the lock bits. But technically, it's tinkering because you're tinkering with the lock. Yeah. But that's that's another thing that's cool about the <laughs> game, is if you want to use one action to try to do something, since the players decide what action they want to roll, they suggest what action yeah. they want, and then it's up to the GM to step in and say, okay, that sounds like an appropriate action, or... It's not the appropriate action, but it's close enough, so I'll give it to you. But then I adjust the roll a little bit. Yeah, make it sound good and make it not too outlandish. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. with obs- something that's within the realm of possibility of what your character can can do or normally does, or just physically do. Because you got obscure. If he's trying to pick a lock, he's not going to sway it open. Yeah. True that. <laughs> um. And then uh, let's see here. Uh, next would be the prowess. Uh, yes, which is finesse, prowl, skirmish, and wreck. Yeah, so finesse—that's when you're trying to look pretty when you're fighting. 
Or if you're doing something that's more... Uh, just more speed versus More fine strength. motor. Like, if you're trying to, like, maybe fire a bow or a gun, would that be finesse? Finesse is, so, is yeah, like, fine manipulation of okay. things. And then... So, actually, uh, if I remember correctly, finesse is actually also used to drive. So, yeah. if you ever got in a carriage and you wanted to control a carriage well, it's finesse. Because you'd have to move the controls and everything. Makes sense. Because most a lot of shit's, like, kind of steampunk a little bit. Yeah. So, like, you're pulling levers, turning wheels, and finesse lets you do that. Okay. That's, that's why we hide. And then prowl, stealth, essentially. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, if you're uh, the kind of person like uh, Mirage, who is alert, he attacks from stealth. So, uh, so whenever he rolls to attack, he's rolling that prowl instead of something like finesse or uh, or wreck or skirmish. Well, yeah. Sometimes he, hunt, he rolls hunt, too, I think. Hunt it is, might it might be finesse that he rolls. The finer detail of that is hunt is setting up the ambush, like placing people in the right position to give the a proper ambush. Prowl is actually striking from stealth, mm. from the ambush position. Yeah. Is you can use either. I would allow either, but that's how it's kind of worded. And also, prowl is used for like parkouring across the city and stuff like that. Yeah. Along with finesse. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then after that is skirmish, which is, that's if you're just like, you're not trying to be fancy with it, you're just trying to get damage done. Mm, I feel like that's more wreck. Skirmish is like... No, wreck is when you're trying to destroy. There's yeah. a wall there, I'm gonna wreck it. Yeah, wreck is for like, objects and people's faces. Skirmish, I feel, is like, like, you're, you wanna fight a dude, you're gonna skirmish him. Yeah, the, the main difference here is finesse would be like dueling arts or trying to, yeah, trying to be fancy in a fight, like dance around people and dodge them and stuff like that. Skirmish is if you want to push them, push them up against the uh, the bar and pull out a knife and try to stab them in the guts. That's skirmish. You don't, you don't care that you're like pushing past people and you're not, you're not trying to pirouette around. You're just like yeah, no. pushing through. And then wreck is, say, if you grab somebody's arm and you're trying to just break their arm, I would say that would be like wreck or skirmish because skirmish is usually what you use for grapple, but yeah, wreck is just when you want to break something. Okay. Smash and their face into the Indiscriminate damage. Yeah. And then on to my favorite, yeah. the resolve category. Yeah, finally there's resolve, which is attune, command, consort, and sway. Yeah, resolve's, resolve's kind of your thing also. Yeah, but Sam, I'm, sit, I'm sitting here with two resolve players. A tune is when you try to reach into that previously mentioned ghost field, the energy that all these supernatural beings draw power from, and you try to manipulate it in some way, like draw a ghost from the ghost field and give it a command, give it something that it must obey. Finch's bread and butter. Or, if you get crazy with it, you could attune to the ghost field and channel that energy through you to change the weather around you. Just recently got that ability a couple scores ago. It's fun. Very much is. Now these next, great. these next three are all the social ones, and they're a bit. It's kind of like finesse skirmish, where it's the details can be a little fine, so they, sometimes they're interchangeable. But command is when you're trying to give orders that people you want them to obey. Speaking of things, got a couple sessions ago. <laughs> command. Yeah. Recently, because you have so many cohorts and other little gangs underneath you. I have one army. <laughs> uh, the next one is consort, 
which is when you try or when you spend time with friends or people you know and try to like convince them to do something you want them to do like going and having drinks with a an old friend of yours to try to get information from them or something like that yeah just tell them i need this to happen can you make it happen well uh, i don't know if are you sure you don't know i'm a good friend i'm a better friend and then finally is sway. My bread and butter. Now what this is, is when you're just trying to convince or trick somebody that you're having an interaction with right now. So as previously mentioned, that guard that runs up and you try to convince them that, oh, the party went that way. I'm just somebody who was standing on the street and they ran right by me. That would be sway. Or walking up to a door and there's a doorman that says, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. And you go, oh, no, I, you know, I come here all the time. I just stepped out for some reason and try to get entry that way. Yeah, my sway is generally used for anybody who's seen a Dracula movie. How he just looks at them and tells them this is happening and they're just going with it. It's the Jedi mind trick of Blades in the Dark. Yeah, basically. And I fucking love it every step of the way. Now I just need to get a lightsaber and we'll be fine. I mean, technically I'm halfway there. I got the saber. You want, a, you want a lightsaber powered by demon blood? Yes. <laughs> I'll power it, it myself. More metal. How can this game get any more metal? Instead of the sound effects, it's a... <laughs> <super> <laughs> <game>. <laughs> it's like we're going to go get a Baja Blast every time. <laughs> <laughs> going to get a Baja Blast. But that that is my favorite ability because making a character that actually just talks is one thing but making one that's actually trying to convince someone this is how it's going to happen is just fantastic i love making characters that are out of my wheelhouse and i mean i can make a spooky character but the but the kind of spooky that i am with finch i've never tapped into before see my thing is i always make characters that are like off brand because i like them better yeah like a spooky character cool he'll be spooky but he'll also be be the jackass making all the jokes. Yeah, um, it's like Deadpool and a Ghostbuster together. Deadbuster, Ghostpool. That actually makes sense. Ghostpool, Deadbuster. That works. It's his job title. Patent pending. Um. So, all right. When you start out with a character, you start out with. Dots and certain ones. Do you get more to put in at the, at the beginning? You got to remind me of character creation. It was yes, so long. I think get what two more? I believe it's four. I could be wrong. Let me double check for you. I believe it's four. But you get more dots, and no, you is... are you're right. It is four because I remember my first one was put one into survey, and then I put one into finesse because of the cane sword. Yeah, and, just, and, and just then I maxed like out my sway. just like with any other kind of game that you're playing, which also at character creation it can't go past uh, three. two or three. Three. Two. Two. Really? two. A character creation, it's two. Oh, that's right. I jumped three, in the game later. Three in-game. Um, so, just like with any other character creation, this is where you really start trying to figure out what's my character's niche going to be. All right? So, I already got this playbook where it gave me two dots in this one in this one action and one dot in this other. Do I want to play off of that more and go ahead and put that dot in, in that one dot so that way I'm two dots in both of those and then kind of work out the other little nuances of my character? Or am I going to be classified as this, but go ahead and start moving shit around to be this instead? 
or like a hound. You know, I'm I'm a whisper, but I play like a hound kind of thing. Yeah, because you'll start with two points in a tune by being a whisper, so you're already as good as you can at character creation. Exactly. But if you want to put those other four points, you want to put two of them in the hunt. Yeah, you want to be like a gun, yeah, gunslinging uh, uh, spellcaster. Yeah, spellcaster. Then yeah, there you go. Yeah, except yeah. guns are a lot louder than they should be. But yeah, just just double checking. It is four action dots. Four that action you get dots. at the beginning. But uh, just real quick, as character creation goes, you pick a heritage, which is basically what island you want to come from. Do you want to be Akaros, Dagger Isle, Scoblin, any one of those? It's basically what culture would you like to have? Background is uh, who you were before you were a scoundrel. So an academic, a laborer, something like that. Which I feel now I can go ahead and reveal essentially what what uh, Finch's background is now. Because I think enough players at the table have kind of picked up on it. I'm not saying it right now. Okay. Oh, you want me to say it? Since I got you, off. you were you you were the first character to know even before Copper, which is a character that knew Finch before all of this. Yeah, but see, my character's also his entire goal coming into this was to get all of the information as much as he could. Yeah. So anytime new information was put out to him in any way, shape, or form, he took it. Yeah. But which is uh, so, still going on. So heritage background. Then you assign those four action dots as previously determined. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you choose heritage background first is it might inform where you put your dots. Could. Could. If you start thinking of a cultural background as far as what you might have done within said culture. Well, yeah, like there's a little hint in here that like if you're having trouble figuring out where you want to put your dots, put one depending on where your heritage leans to leads you to. One where your background leads you to. And then you've got two more dots Wherever you want. Yeah, so if you were like a Severosi, a dot and hunt would probably make sense for your Tracking culture. down and yeah, stuff tracking like that. Yeah, tracking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, like I was saying, I make my shit off-brand all the time because it's more fun for me. Yeah. For Obscure, he's from Scovland, the fucking giant Viking lens. I didn't put a fucking point in the wreck or anything vicious. Oh, I went full-on with the Whisper thing. Like, I am... I, am I, played, all, I played into my background, though. Because his but, background uh, being what he is... The points I picked, I needed. So, heritage, background, your four extra action dots. You choose a special ability from your playbook. Yeah, so, so yes, your playbooks have what's called special abilities, which as you level up your playbook, you can go ahead and select more from your playbook, or most of our favorite, the veteran slot, which means you can pick from another playbook, a special ability from another playbook, and put it on your guy. That one... So, like... That one's aces. Like mine... I'm going to slide. Talking is what I do. And in some of those player-made or homebrew, however you want to call them, books, they have abilities that made my slide so much better. Like one of them was uh, Black Speech. I could talk to demons now and treat them like normal humans, which is why anytime we ran through the Lost District, they all listened and just backed the hell up. There's another one that I have that no one's going to let me have because they they don't want me to have a demon dog. (laughs) Well, and then continuing with uh, character creation, you got you start getting into the real interesting things. Like these are all mechanical stuff so far, kind of uh, choosing a close friend and a rival. You choose somebody. You, there's a list of characters for each playbook. You choose one to be friendly towards you and one to be uh, hostile, hostile towards you. And then there's an optional rule to amp that up. So the friend is a close friend, but the the hostile character is now a full-blown rival. I gotta ask, just because it's one of the things I'm working on, and I really don't care if the table knows, 
What happens if you get rid of that rival? Do you just get a new one? No. Just goes away. Good. I can't wait to cross mine off my list. <laughs> I feel like those can also change where you just start screwing with the wrong people and you start adding names to the bottom well, of that Well, there is one that Chris and I talked about on my list that I had a slight rivalry with. Even though I don't have a dot and rival with him, it's, it's a slight rivalry. Mine's more of a betrayal that will not go unanswered. Much like Obscure and Hammer have done. they That's one thing that I do love about this is just introducing the lore. And as long as you got somebody else who's willing to go along with you. Which Tree is very good at when every time we come up with random weird ideas. Because the man loves every idea. It's great. And that's actually what we had to do for uh, my ally, Gwellyn. Because there's only a small blurb on her in the book. So we just kind of were like, alright, we're going to flesh out more. Yeah, like I was saying, most of the characters have like three or four words, and that's all that the book gives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all of me and Tree stuff had to go off of our uh, XP triggers because we needed more. Yeah, which that's uh, that's something we got to talk about also is the XP triggers. Yeah, so I keep trying to not go in depth because we're going to have that section in a bit. Yeah. And then the last real character building moment is my favorite one. Choose your vice. Because each scoundrel has a vice that they partake in to relieve the stress from their worrying career choice. Whether they be assassins, hawkers, we'll talk about crew types later. But stress builds during the gameplay and you need to relieve it somehow. And there's a nice list of different vices that you can partake in. Some of them are interesting. Other ones are pretty straightforward as far as people would imagine. But it's my favorite bit because then you get to pick a uh, NPC that you have some connection with in the world that will Isn't become useful during downtime. Super not a rival or a freaking ally. They're just there. Mm-hmm. And then the last little bit of, the, uh, of character creation is choosing a name, an alias. So you pick a, char- a name, which is your character's actual name. And then there's the alias, which is like a street name that people know you as. So, like, this whole time we've been using the aliases. Obscure, Finge, Copper, Hammer. Those are all aliases. They all have real names, too. But being a scoundrel, you don't want everybody to know your full real name. Yeah, that, that, uh, that seems counterproductive. <laughs> and yet, Obscure knows two real names. Yep. Um, oh, we didn't talk about... Well, actually, I guess now that we've made our player, we can go ahead and talk about crews. Yes, I was going to say, we spent all this time talking about building characters. Well, how do these characters work together? Well, you form what are called crews. There's different types of crews, kind of like playbooks for uh, players. Yeah, the, 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 crew pl- the crew playbook is the overarching, like you get bonuses to everybody from upgrades you put into your crew. Yeah, it emphasizes certain scores, but each playbook or each crew can take any type of job. They just get additional experience if they do certain types of jobs. Yes. So like the lists are assassins, which are the crew that we are currently running. The Rookery! Uh, yeah, they specialize in disappear- disappearances, murders, and accidents. It's funny because Obscure was supposed to be the the distraction. And then last couple sections after he got shot, he started becoming part of the, we're going to make people disappear. We're, yeah. some, we're some of the best unhealthcare <laughs> providers in, 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 in Duskfall. Shout out Fat Electrician. 
Uh, the next crew type is cult, where you uh, you uh, serve some sort of greater power or lesser power, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Hey, we're going to break. Well, I mean, kind of break. Continuing on, now the demon's back. I had um, to tinkle. We were doing, uh, we were going through the crews, and we got the assassins, which is the rookery. Then we got the cult. The cult. Which is what which Nate is wants. what Finch should have been, but it's okay. I think I, mean, I feel. Like previously stated, that any crew can do anything. It's just whether or not you get certain XP triggers. It's okay. You can get veteran. You can get veteran from the uh, crew playbooks. Also, you can. Yeah. You can pick up stuff from other crews. Luckily, you guys haven't used any of those yet, so you've got all the choices in the world. I know. We just have to level up more. Yeah. But there's so much we want to do. Well, on the topic of other crews to take abilities from, there's the Bravos to take over. Bravos. <laughs> the Bravos. They're. Uh, the thugs, the ruffians, the... They're full of machismo. Yeah, if you want somebody to kick in somebody's front door and just make an example of them and, and, and initiate some street justice, that's the bravos. That's who you are. It's the hammer. I, yeah. I feel that the assassins get, like, the best thing, though, with the uh, crows. Uh, crows Veil. Crows that does make it super interesting, running an assassin's game, because most... We create so many ghosts. <laughs> yeah, because most crews have to worry about... Killing people on a score. Yeah, we forgot to say in the setting of this, whenever somebody dies, there's bells that chime. Because with the gates of death shattered, the spirits don't have anywhere to go. So a day or two after they die, their, their spirit will rise from their body and start attacking people. Yeah, we have we have an amulet that's like, nah, the bells don't chime. So the bodies a lot of times never get found. We can choose... You can choose when you kill somebody whether or not the bells chime. That's one of the reasons why I think Assassins is so good. But uh, I'm sorry, continue. What, 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 what's Bravos after? is Bravos, what you're talking that's about. right. And yeah, they're sort of the street ruffians, sort of the um, the door kickers. Yeah. Um, Shit kickers and slang. The hooligans. The hooligans. Uh, next are the hawkers. They're the ones that sell illicit material. Fences. They're the fences. Fences. The unsung heroes of the criminal underworld. It's true. You uh That's how we get paid. Yeah, during during your assassinations, if you steal some jewelry from the room, you take it to a hawker to sell it. None of us do that. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. We only kill people, we don't steal things. I mean we don't. <laughs> Actually Finch really doesn't. So I'm saying we don't. Finch literally stays to the point and Oh wait. Oh, I can't say that because Mirage or uh, Obscure took a crap load from that museum. <laughs> so I yeah. forgot I got to put in my notes oh. that I got that, uh, that you file. You still got to tell me about that crown. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I just wanted to point that out just so it's on record that I need to know what it does at some point. <laughs> Another crew type that the Hawkers might uh, do a lot of work with are the smugglers. They specialize in transportation uh, of people or Goods. objects that. Uh, Aren't necessarily above board. Sometimes it can be into and out of the city. Sometimes it's between districts. Sometimes it's just moving things from one place to another. Doesn't even have to be illegal goods, just transportation. Funny part is, we don't we don't deal with a lot of their other crews' uh, mission types. But I've hired a shitload of the other crew stuff. Yeah. Well, we need it. Hell yeah. 
We need the tools to get the job done. I mean, my smugglers technically fade. Yeah, he talks to a lot of the smuggling uh, factions. And transport like a mug. And finally, the last crew type are the Shadows. They're your stealth saboteurs, somebody you send to go get blackmail or do some industrial sabotage. Can't see it, but I'm ninja running around the garage. How hot it is, that's that's a feat. Two feet. But that's what I have for basic notes on the uh, cruise. Was there anything else you guys want to talk about while we were here? Or? No, but the the amount of stuff each crew can do is actually pretty amazing. I mean, it, it all is dependent on, you know, the mission, the scores that you do and, you know, how much you guys play as far as, like, how much your crew is going to be able to build. Um... I do like that the scores and stuff aren't just like from a book. It's what do you want to do? Yeah. To either advance yourself or your group. It's it comes up with just let him let Chris know ahead of time so he can plan something and then all of a sudden we have a new score to get ready. Or don't have me walk into a session where you guys are going to war and I have no idea you guys want to do it. So I have to come up with stuff on the fly. <laughs> I don't think we had any idea how this was going to go. We had like four different plans, man. Yeah, we, we, we do take our time. Most of the time in downtime. Oh. Yes, which we might actually want to talk on that early on. Uh, if we're yeah, talking about the campaign. We, we didn't quite talk about like, going through like up to the score. The score is where, you know, that's where you're going to be. You get RP in downtime and prep, but you most of your RP and action and, you know, doing stuff, that's... Uh, that's the score. Yeah, think of like a heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven. There's that bit at the beginning where they're planning it, but then most of the movie is the heist, and you can like flashback to things that happened beforehand. I was gonna say, Ocean's yeah. Eleven is just flashback after flashback. The amount of stress that got put out. You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we all knew that. Rick and Morty lovers out there unite. Um, so... You have certain other times within the game. First off, downtime. This is where your character is pretty much chilling, maybe laying low from their last heist, and you'll get what's called downtime actions. You utilize those to either a, you know, you can train to try and get more XP either in those attributes that have your uh, action, which, you know, you level up a, level up an attribute, you get an action point to put into one of those actions. Um, that also happens when you go up to Desperate. We'll talk about that with some of the shit that we've gotten into in the game. That's a little bit... It's, like, it's easier to describe certain mechanics if we can just give you an example of when we utilize said mechanic. Context makes it a lot better. Yeah. Like, we were talking about action action roles last time. There's When you hear how the game is actually played, those action roles become a bit more easy to understand. Yeah, I feel like that's like a lot of the rules for like D&D... They're, they're, once you're doing it, it's a lot easier. They're definitely abstract and just sitting here talking about it and showing and being like, yeah, it's under this attribute and it's an action. But the action itself, like we were saying before, how you describe, because you may be doing something that normally people would be like finesse, but you're like, ah, how I'm setting this up, I want to try and use hunt. So that's why, that's where, that's what I mean by when I say the uh, action itself is kind of abstract. It's also what I do look about our fucking players, like our entire table. Isn't going to sit there and go, uh, I want to 
sway this hard. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah, but I want to sway. They're going to sit there and do what we normally do is, I would like to sway this dude into just letting me the hell out. But it feels like it'd be more, make more sense to just finesse the damn lock. Like, they'll run that entire scenario in their own head before putting it out and then seeing how it'll work. Yeah. Just, it's nice because having to be able to run a scenario in your head and then figure out what you want to use, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot different as opposed to, like, D&D, where it's like, do I see this? And you're going, well, because of you, what you would have to do to find it, you're not going to roll perception. It's going to be investigation. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, I would like to try to do this thing. And then the... The DM tells you, oh, that would you need to make a whatever check, or you need to roll whatever ability. This you tell the GM what you want to roll. Yeah, you're 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 essentially making the case for the action that you want to roll. Which the only downside I could really see is <clears throat> if you're new to it, like I think me and Tree were the last two to join in. Us trying to figure out, okay, so how do how does these abilities and wording go in? And then you figure it out. It's like, all right, I want to sway this guy away from the door, prowl my happy ass in there, and finesse that dude's on life out. All that tangent just from talking about downtime training. Well, yeah, because we have to do it like that, though. Yeah. Because all of our downtime is spent doing everything else. Well, do you have pulled up like what you can normally do on downtime activities? Uh, or are we just going to give what we do I can, on downtime? I can do it. Uh, I can give the damn activities. I have I have a pretty good grasp of what they are, but I will grab go to the page. Uh, it's on the actual yeah. Let me just uh, character sheets. So what other downtime? There's a fire asset. Fire asset. Long term project. Which yeah, we'll, that's what we'll get into talking about clocks. Recover. Oh, reduce yeah. heat. Train and reduce stress. Indulge vice. Indulge vice. Yeah. I mean, reducing stress and healing. I feel like you should be able to do that the same shot. Yeah. Like, what? See? It's the same but different. For for my shit, like, if I pick, like, what was it, weird? As advice? What? No, you picked. Uh, no, but, if. if uh, I picked hose. <laughs> if, if it was going to be something weird, it'd be like he wants to get cut, but he'd do it by a physiker so she could stitch him up after. Yeah, yeah. And then anytime you overindulge, you actually take harm. So continuing on with with downtime. So like we just said, there was training. um, There was acquiring an asset, which could be something to help you for the next job. Or it could be something to just help set you up in the long run. I thought acquiring an asset was for setting up for the score. Uh, Technically, it's game temporary use of an asset. You don't have to use it immediately. But once you use it, it's used. Mm. So it can be like a special item. So it can just be like, hey, I want to go ahead and get a carriage for some score we're going to probably have in the future. Carriage, a boat. We've done that a few times. Yeah, that would be a vehicle or a service like transport from a smuggler or a driver or a cohort, a gang, or expert. Just hiring people temporarily. Excellent. It is actually quite funny that Obscure's main whole thing is we need what to get where? I know a guy. You're the I know a guy guy. Yeah, you are. You are about as much of a spider as a slide can get. Yeah, pretty much. That's why. I, that's why I'm not worried about us not having a consistent spider. That's because no we don't really do. Ted. We don't really do a lot of me requiring deceit. Most of the people that get caught aren't me. 
I can't believe I was the one who got caught last time. I can. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem is, is you went and talked to the commander of the group. Hey, it got him off our asses, didn't it? No, I mean, it did, but it shouldn't surprise you that he would know you. Yeah, that is true. Um, the funny part is I was willing to go to jail. What else can you do with you? Well, speaking of getting some heat on you, you with a downtime activity, you can reduce heat. You can reduce heat. Which heat is something you'll get after scores, you know, the blue coats, which is, you know, like the city's office, police officers, essentially, you know. They are the thin blue line. You'll start, uh, they'll start bearing, breathing down your neck if uh, you get your heat up and then you get your wanted level up. Yeah, so you might want to take care of that heat. Have somebody in that, in the crew who's maybe like a little good at like getting rid of some extra heat. Have them go talk to the blue coats. Because downtime, the way that it starts off is you uh, get payoff. From the previous score that you just did, mm-hmm. then you uh, generate heat depending on how uh, how chaotic the score was. How many factors? And yeah, some other additional factors that can affect uh, how much heat you get. Which uh, we previously talked about assassins having crow's veil. Normally, killing would give you more heat at the end of the score, but with the high target value, the ability to shut off the bells, yep. you can avoid that heat. Yep. Which is nice because. I may or may not have gave, given one to an NPC who has a very, very high penchant for murder. So every time you complete a score, you're getting at least a couple of heat. Yeah. So it has to be, somebody has to take care of that at some point. Exactly, otherwise it builds up and you get wanted and wanted shit. That that bears down on you whenever you're trying to get jobs done. Yeah. That gives you uh, some negatives towards uh, doing stuff where you might get extra heat. You might have stuff that's not available to you. It, it can get nasty. We usually try and keep our wanted level down. I think we've only had wanted level one once. But you also get that added bonus of if you're wanted enough and they do catch you and you do go to Ironhook Prison, there are benefits to going to prison. Not Finch. Not for you. For me, goddamn right. No, yeah, there is an entire section of the rule. You'll get that... sent to Ironhook, and you'll come out with a fucking army. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> including the guards. There's yeah. an entire section of the rules dedicated to if a player character is in prison, this is what they get to do. Nice. And I'm a little sad that I don't have that spider. Is it spider ability, where you get like extra die for being in prison? Uh, I think it's a crew ability. One of them. But uh, yeah, they're bravos because they're like, yeah, we're going to jail. Yeah, something like that. I forget which playbook. Like, which their whole thing is, is, when you come out, you have more rep for some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's basically... You've you got street rep street on trend. top of your actual rep. Yup. But yeah, and then as far as downtime goes, there's the special downtime action or activities that we're talking about, like reducing heat, yep. training, reducing vice to reduce your stress, which stress... Stress is something you use to... It's a commodity. Usually, uh, you'll take stress if you if you don't re- end up resisting those consequences we were talking about before, whenever you're taking an action and it doesn't quite go well. Um, Actually, you take stress resisting consequences. Yeah. I thought you said... Unless you roll well. I thought you said not resisting consequences. No, resisting... When you resist the consequence, you're usually looking at a bunch of stress that you're going to end up having toppled onto your player. Now, the thing is, if your character gets 10 stress, they do what's called traumaing out, and you're no longer available for whatever you're doing. That day. That day. But uh, then you also got to remember stress, though, is really important because pushing yourself and all of the uses for stress is... Yeah, stress in itself has, a, so much. has, has a bunch of uses. You use it to push yourself, which normally it's too stressed to push yourself, but our benevolent game master allows us to use one. 
Thank God. When we push we, ourselves. Because we push ourselves like all the fucking time. Yeah, it's because we have very crappy stress management. It gives, it gives you a chance to, to do what you're trying to do, but it also gives a chance for things to go horribly, horribly wrong. Most of the time we push ourselves, it's to also increase our, or decrease our position. But indulging, indulging a vice, uh, that, that helps reduce your stress. Yeah, I mean... But then if you overindulge, then you get kicked out of your fucking place of, you know... Some characters can actually rock it going into a place with more stress than others. Yeah, I'm, I'm not at that point yet, I, because you only get three traumas, because the fourth trauma, your character is no longer yours, you, you retire. You can also crew upgrade and get another one. Yeah, you can crew upgrade, get another mm-hmm. one, you can go other routes and get another one. But uh, yeah. the fact that I try to start my heists or scores with the least amount of stress, so I can either push myself consistently when I need to, because I'm not exactly combat heavy and we do a lot of murder. Yeah. And then other things you do with downtime uh, is uh, heal, which uh, that's usually on a clock, right? Yeah, it is a four tick healing clock, which clocks are a mechanic in the game where things that normally take more than one action, so things that have like a time period that you need to do them in, like recovering from a broken leg. You can try to roll to heal from that, but it's not one of those things that you just, oh, I get up and I walk it off. It's like you need time to recover from it. Ain't, ain't very, no health potions in this world. Or a very good healer. Uh, it, it, so anything that requires a decent amount of time, not really a single roll type answer. There are clocks that can be made with different amount of segments, depending on how difficult the task is. Healing is a four-tick clock. If you roll a critical on a roll, you get five kicks in a clock, so it is possible to one roll heal all your wounds. But it only felt like a rookie. Yeah. Or you got really nice treatment from a healer and you're you're good. But uh You drank some demon blood and it just snapped your bones back together. It's completely possible. There are many ways to heal yourself in this world. Why do you think heals? Why do you think I got a freaking occultist? I'm planning on doing some messed up shit, and she has a better idea of it. Uh, while we're on the subject of talks, actually, uh, long term projects yep. is another down. Speaking another of bread and butter, yeah. I mean, I think that my clock is at like 15 ticks now, or 15 clocks filled. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I'm say my one. I filled the clock I didn't want to fill yet, but nope. you know, it happens. I have a few clocks that need to be filled because, like we were talking about with rivals, like. I need to get rid of one just because I don't need him fucking with my shit anymore. Yeah. But as far as long term, mine got to the point of the goal for it became so repetitive that I needed to start doing stuff. Otherwise, it was just going to be literally building a fucking army and having them sit in a hospital. Yeah. So, 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 and with all of those activities you can do during downtime, you can probably see why that might take a lot of time for us. Mainly because we like to all RP our shit. So when stuff happens, we want to see how it happened in our brains. Which excites me because there's not a lot of moments where I, as the player, see Finch just being out and open and RPing and talking with other players. So whenever other players are like, hey, I want to talk to Finch, I'm like, oh, thank goodness I can say something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny part is for Friggin' Obscure, too, is, is as much as he's a guy who likes all the information, he doesn't personally go looking for it. He has other people for that. Yeah. Which uh, leads into the next 
part or the next uh, section of gameplay because uh, we we covered downtime, but the next there are basically three parts to Blitzenberg gameplay. There's downtime, free play, and score. And since we're talking about RP and stuff like that between players, that goes into the free play category. So after downtime, where payoff beat, uh, downtime activities and stuff like that are handled, there's free play, which is time for character scenes. Uh, some actions and consequences can be done at that point, but uh, another big part of it is choosing a target, choosing a plan, and gathering information. Hmm. Because before every score... The crew kind of needs to figure out what their plan is for the next score. Who are they targeting? What's the plan? What information do they need? And that's where free play comes in. Yeah. See, I also think that it takes us a while to play every session because we have a tendency to not be subtle about our shit. Like, we want to go after this person this way. I need this result. So we're going to have plan after plan after well, plan. Well, and we try and keep true to our characters as well as our crew because... Uh, you certain certain there are certain XP triggers that uh, will give the crew experience as well as your player, and we try and the, the planning is we want to keep true to what our crew uh, what is it the scripters are yeah because we're like professional brutal and uh, daring daring and we do some fucked up shit yeah so we try and keep true to that reputation and, is it yeah reputation thank you. And we try, we try and keep true to the reputation, yet also trying to keep true to the types of characters that we are. Which helps, like, because we've had already a PV, essentially a PvP on that, at least RP was. Which I, I, I've had to get very creative with uh, some of the things that Finch does, just to try and stay within that assassin realm. Because there's a few people in our crew that will point out that's not what we do. If we're gonna make this personal, then. That needs to be known. You're not going to make this a personal vendetta and try to call it professional. But I think for this episode, we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to cut it right there. We're going to leave this one on, you know, the setting, the mechanics, a little bit of the mechanics, uh, the player creation or character creation. I'm all backwards. Hell no, player creation. Let's go. Yeah. We'll create yourself mm. as a villain. So scoundrel, let's be charitable here. No, we took out a the scoundrel villain. <laughs> the charity's gone. Um, but we'll go ahead and we're gonna. That, that seems like a good place to call. They, Chris, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, so definitely expect a part two. Uh, because we this one ran a little bit longer than we anticipated, and we want to tell you guys about our current campaign running, and that in itself could probably take about another hour. So I'm sorry for taking so long. It is my fault with this game. My sessions run long, and apparently, I like to talk long about the setting. You know, it's as fine you should. That's I, passion. Baby. I feel that anybody who's listening to this, they're they'd like to. They're going to learn more about blades, and right now, they've got, they've learned about the setting, the locales, the cultures, uh, and now they they know how to make a character. So just you know, print up the uh, playbooks and you know, make you a character. Get get some friends. Start. Uh, Start running you some. I mean, hell, I just learned that Tykerosi can be anything you picture. Yeah. Like, this became a whole lot more fun. I learned that I don't want to ride a train over a large expanse of black water. I learned I do. I don't know what you mean. It happens all the time. And I'm putting putting black water in in air quotes because I know that's not what it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, that's how a few of us got here. It's just oceans of Leviathan blood. You assume? Could I don't know. Leviathan that would probably be better. Yeah, because it's probably just shadows of Leviathans just sitting down there. Probably. Say, that is a mystery for you guys to figure out if you ever decide to take that yes. chance. But thank oh, you, no, traveler. Oh, there's no, no reason for me to not take that chance. We're going some more. A little bit. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We just started to talk about Leviathans, man. Like, you got the character creation, you got the setting. We even talked a few things about, you know, how how you can run your character in damn near infinite possibilities. Yeah. It's, this entire game is one of the more fun games. Like, D&D is fun as hell. I love all the games we play. But the fact that this one's so open... I feel it's a lot about the setting as well. And, you know, I love, like you said, love D&D. Just sometimes you need a good palate cleanser. And on the weekends where, you know, we can't get the whole gaming group together, but we have enough people to maybe run a session of Blades, it's always, it is always fun. I I don't, I I do not think that I have, that there's been a session where I've just been like, God, this is going on forever. The fuck? Yeah, no, when it goes on long, even everyone's just sitting there going, yes. We need to get out of this, because by the time we get to the part where it's running longer than it should be, we're in the middle of some fucked up shit that we need to get fixed. And then we fix it, and then it's 2.30 in the morning. Damn right, every well, time. Well, I, I, I take that as a high compliment, because I do try to make it enjoyable. I mean, the fact that we're into it for as long as we sit there and do it, you know, from 5 o'clock to 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock sometimes... You know, that just shows that we're engaged, and that's the biggest thing, is just make sure that your story is compelling enough to keep your players engaged. Especially and when the players are making up half the damn story. Exactly. It's the best part. And I'm making up the other half. Yeah. But thank you so much, Travelers, for joining us today. Chris, our very special guest today, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It's been um, a pleasure. We're going to I mean, be ready for a part two uh, next week. Uh, try and get the uh, episodes out a little bit quicker. I know it was another little two-week gap, but uh, you know, I'm working on it. You know, I'm <laughs> only one man here with many responsibilities. I don't have a lot of responsibilities, but I do. I think you need to hire more uh, more workers here in the board. Yeah, that costs money a lot of times. <laughs> and we're trying to keep this eco-friendly, we'll say, yeah. right now. Well, pocketbook-friendly. Yeah, I was going to say eco-friendly my ass. We're trying to keep this pocket-friendly. Yeah, pretty much. Which is why... We did an upgrade, and so far it's okay. Yeah. Well, considering the compliment you've given me just now in the last few minutes, I'll return the compliment. You're doing a damn fine job. Well, I appreciate that. We're, we're trying. Uh, hopefully this just keeps growing, because you know, I'm sure that you've heard, you know, we want this to... We just want this to just keep growing and make a community of, you know, people who want to tell stories and want other people to join them and forging them into being something that they never expected. And that's what you guys do for me every time we play Path or any other of the campaigns that we're going to. We haven't played that one in a while, but, you know, I, I like where it's going with uh, with a lot of it and having having you guys to help build on the story that I already have in my mind, you know, thinking of other angles that I'm not maybe uh, looking at. It, it's, it is a pleasure. It is one of, one of my joys in life is, is gaming, which is why, why, why I'm glad I'm doing this because I'm sure Sherry gets tired of hearing me talk about you know, <laughs> gaming and stuff. Probably. 
but I feel like she she gets tired about it when it's not a game that she's either in or involved in. But with you guys, it's man, talk about. I'm sure we could go on another hours upon hours talking about this, but thank you guys for staying with us for so long. Um, make sure you come back to the forge next week for the part two where we're talking about the campaign. The characters within it, uh, the players that uh, play those characters, the fucked up shit that we've done, and... Uh, oh, the best part is, for the podcast, I'll even tell, talk about my plans, because it's funny for me. Which is why Obscure does a lot of the stuff he does. It's hilarious for him, and he would have it no other way. Yeah, if any of uh, if any other of our fellow table members are listening, yeah... Definitely make sure you're in for next week's, because you're going to find out a little bit more about your buddies Obscure and Finch, and uh, we'll hopefully have uh, Mr. Chris Rouch again to uh, run us through run us through that, because uh, he... He's got way more stuff than we do. I was going to say, he's got better notes than I do, because everything for me is Finch, Finch-centric. Yeah. So if it doesn't have to deal with me, then I don't care. I mean, you've but seen... now it's getting more to where Finch also cares about Obscure and Mirage. I mean, you've seen my notes. Hey, with... Let's save it for next time. Okay. Consider it done. Okay, I'll yeah. show up. No, we're okay. We're done. We're do, we're, we're done with this episode. <laughs> say, you're Especially, cutting. You're cutting into my content. The, the guest star called it. <laughs> but uh, keep forging on, travelers. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you on the next one. Peace.